This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. This is the Learn Jazz Standards Podcast, episode 64. Welcome to the LJS Podcast, where you get weekly jazz tips, interviews, stories, and advice for becoming a better jazz musician. And now your host, he's a jazz musician, author, and entrepreneur, Brent Bartstra. What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome. My name's Brent. You're listening to another episode of the LGS Podcast. I'm super glad you're here. And as always, I just want to welcome back all of the regular listeners. I really appreciate you listening week after week. And a special warm welcome to those listening for the first time. The LGS Podcast is all about giving out free jazz tips advice and any questions you have about becoming a better jazz musician. We have the answers on this podcast. And on today's episode 64, today's topic is based off of a question I got from a listener who called into our podcast questions hotline. By the way, you can call that and ask your jazz question by leaving us a voicemail at 910-LJS-CAST. Let's listen to this question. Hi, my name is Ted Johnsrud from Bremerton, Washington. Uh, my question is, how does one keep one's place in a ballad? Do you count one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, or do you count one, 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 one? How is the best way to go about that? Thank you. Hey, Ted from Bremerton. I just want to thank you so much for calling the LGS Podcast Questions Hotline and asking that question. And Ted, you are not alone. In fact, I've been seeing this question come up quite a bit on the different Learn Jazz Standards platforms on our Facebook page. I've been seeing this come up a lot in some of the YouTube live sessions I've been doing lately. This kind, These kinds of questions have been happening. And actually, we recently did a survey with our newsletter subscribers. Uh, you may have taken that if you're subscribed to our newsletter. And one of the questions we asked in the survey was, what kind of things are you struggling with your jazz playing? You know, we want to serve you and help make the right content for you. And I got a lot of uh, great entries, great answers. But one that I definitely was seeing coming up time and time again is losing place while playing a jazz standard. And while losing your place in a ballad is a struggle, really, it's losing place in any song I think is the question that most people have. And so today's episode is all about tips on how to never lose your place in a jazz standard. And specifically, I have five that I want to cover today. So let's jump right into today's show. Now, we came out a couple months ago with a blog post that is actually on this topic, and I'm going to be borrowing some of the points from that blog post today, and I'm going to be linking that post in the show notes for today's episode, and you can find the show notes at learnjazzstandards.com forward slash episode 64, episode 64, and you can read more about that there. But I'm also going to be elaborating quite a bit uh, on those points and going into some other points as well. Now, like all 
things that I talk about on this podcast, there's no real easy answer. There's no, well, just follow steps one through five and you're going to come out a winner. Like everything, especially with music or, or really any craft that you want to master, it takes practice and you will see that that is a common theme in today's five tips that I'm going to give you. Now, for me, myself, I do remember when I used to get lost uh, in jazz standards and, and, and even other songs and other genres as well, and I really don't have that problem anymore today. And a lot of that is just from experience and practicing and just kind of being familiar with jazz language and jazz standards in general. Now, if I do get lost these days, I actually find that it's because I mix up songs halfway through, like perhaps I'm playing My Shining Hour, and then I accidentally start playing There Will Never Be Another You halfway through. So that's like a totally different problem. Uh, But in general, I don't really have this problem uh, anymore. And I think these five tips that I'm going to give you is is good advice, Uh, not, not just advice that I'm giving you, but it's advice that others have given to me. And I think that you're going to get a lot of help from that. So let's go into tip number one. And the first tip I want to give you for avoiding losing your spot is to make sure you do your homework, familiarize yourself with the jazz standard that you're learning. So tip number one is familiarize. And that might seem like more of an obvious tip, but you'd be surprised how many students I encounter don't really familiarize themselves with the jazz standard they're learning. They just kind of jump right into it. They may not have spent the time to actually listen to it quite a bit, be able to sing the melody, be able to hear the chord changes, and they just go straight to their instrument and start trying to play it. And at the end of the day, the truth is, is the the more familiar you are with the song, the better you will know it. The more you practice it, all this stuff, the less likely you are to get lost in the song. So you want to familiarize yourself. And a teacher of mine, Peter Bernstein, excellent musician, uh, once kind of gave me an analogy more in the jazz improv sense, but it, it can be applied for learning jazz standards as well. You know, it's it's kind of like, uh, you know, if you, your neighborhood, you have a neighborhood that you live in, I'm sure that you know, if you're driving your car or walking around your neighborhood, you know the streets like the back of your hand. You know, you could walk or drive a distance out and have no problem returning back home, right? But if you visit a new city, you visit a new uh, neighborhood, new district, you may not be quite as familiar with it, right? You know, you maybe you'll even have a basic idea of how to get around, but there's still going to be kind of some fog of where exactly everything is. And so it's going to be easy to get lost in a place that you're unfamiliar with. So the same thing with jazz standards, you got to be familiar with it. And that comes by, you know, listening to it a lot of times so that you just know it forwards and backwards. And it also comes with just practicing it over and over again. And, you know, it's not, it's not rocket science here. There's not a special magical trick. It's just about spending quality time. It's kind of like if you have a friend or a, a you know, a girlfriend, a boyfriend, a significant other, whatever, you have to spend time with them to become familiar with them, to get to know them, right? I mean, it's the same thing with music. You got to do the same thing and it just takes time to build a quality relationship with it. So the first thing, very simple, familiarize yourself, do the homework. Don't just jump right in because the more you know a song, the more you practice it, the less likely you are to get lost. If you haven't familiarized yourself with the song, you're already going to be set up for failure there. So make sure you familiarize yourself with the jazz standard. Okay, tip number two is you need to actually 
practice keeping your place. Okay, actually practice keeping your place. Ultimately, keeping your place in a jazz standard is an exercise of focus, right? So if, if it's an exercise of focus, you have to practice being focused and knowing where you are. Uh, let's If you're playing with a band, it's easy to get distracted by something the bass player played or the saxophone player played or the piano player, the drummer, rhythmic figure that might have thrown you off. It's easy for that stuff to kind of you know cloud your vision of where you're at. So you have to practice actually focusing, keeping the form of the song so that you'll come out on top that you won't get lost in the solo. Now, there's a couple ways you can practice that. And first and foremost, I would say while you're actually practicing the jazz standard, well, this goes back to familiarizing yourself with the jazz standard, uh, that you are working with a metronome. This is super important to do. Now, we did an entire episode on working with a, a metronome. I'll also link to that episode in the show notes today. Uh, but you know, working with a metronome is really important. And as I've said before, it, I like to practice on beats two and four, but that doesn't mean that you should. If you have a hard time keeping uh, the form, if you have a hard time keeping your time, then you'll want to start maybe with you know a click on every single beat you know, for in four, four times. So it's going one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. And you might also want to have uh, a highlight click on beat one. You know, a lot of metronomes do that. Then it'll have a high pitch click on beat one of every measure to help you not get lost. Uh, whatever you have to do, you have to start training that way. And so once you are, are good at, uh, at, at playing along with the metronome on every single beat, you can go to beats two and four. Then you can switch it around and go and have the clicks just on beats one and three. And then if eventually you want to get to the point where you just have a click on beat one of every measure. You can even get to the point where you have uh, a beat on every other measure. Okay. Now, uh, a, a great resource I like to use, it's a really good drum trainer. Uh, it's called bestdrumtrainer.com. Bestdrumtrainer.com. Uh, I really... Uh, love using this. You can do all kinds of things like have it set up to do silent bars, uh, to you know whatever you need to do. It basically can help you practice with uh, a metronome really well, really flexible metronome, and it's free. So it's bestdrumtrainer.com. You can go check that out there. So practice along with a metronome. That's really important. Now, the other thing I would say is if you're having a hard time uh, you know, keeping your spot in general, Break the song up while practicing with the metronome. So maybe just take the first four bars and loop those four bars, uh, whether you're improvising or comping or, or just playing the melody, just loop those four bars. Make sure you got those solid that you're able to follow along with that and then expand it. Go to eight bars, then go to 16 bars, then try to go the whole form. You know, a lot of jazz standards are 32 bar forms. You know, try to go the whole entire form. So just start small and grow bigger, you know, whether it is working with the metronome or whether it is uh, breaking apart the song into different pieces. Now, another practice you can do with this is to, and this has nothing to do with even playing your instrument or even working on the song. This has to do with actually just listening to music. So what you can do is you sit down and, and you maybe you pick out an entire album, a jazz album that you like, and sit down and just try to keep the form, like try to figure out what the form is. Hopefully you know some of the songs and try to follow along where you're at in the form at all times. And if you get lost, well, that's okay, because again, this is a practice of focus. You're practicing 
keeping your place, right? This is what tip number two is all about. You're practicing. So you can do this while you're in the car, while you're in the subway, while you're sitting at home listening very intentionally, and just try to keep your spot with where they're at in the song. So you're really critically listening. And so that's a way to practice without even touching your instrument. Okay, so tip number two is practice keeping your place. So very important. Now, perhaps these tips aren't in perfect chronological order because this third tip I'm going to give you is map out the song. So number three is map out the song, and that's probably something you should do before you really even get started practicing the song is you want to take a hard look at that tune and start looking at what the different parts of that song actually look like. So you want to establish, okay, is it a 32-bar form? Is it an A-A-B-A form? You know, different things like that. You want to look at the different A sections. Okay, if there's if it's an A-A-B-A form, you want to look at the first A section. Is the first A section different from the second A section? Uh, are How many bars is it? Is it eight bars? Is it 16 bars? You know, what's the deal with these A sections? Be able to look at that. You know, what are the similarities between the two of them? Now, if there's a bridge to the song, where does it go? Is there a, a key change there? What is the key of this song in the first place, right? Uh, can you identify any particular harmonic movements? What's the first chord of the song? You know, is is it the one chord? Is it the key center? Like if it's in, if the song is in the key of concert B flat, is it a concert B flat major seven or a B flat, is it a B flat minor seven or does it start on the four chord? Like for example, the song Just Friends it starts on the four chord. It doesn't start on the one chord. So there's all kinds of little details like this where if you just know them, if you uh, actually pay attention to these things, it can actually give you a leg up. And I know in last episode 63, we had special guest Brett Pontecorvo on to talk about sight reading. And he talked about the same thing with sight reading is the first thing you want to do is just look at the sheet music that you're getting and just scan it and try to figure out where are the hard parts uh, what kind of challenges do I face? What are the details? And the same thing with learning a jazz standard, because if you do all this stuff, if you identify the key parts, it's going to help you not get lost. And in a lot of ways, what you can do is set up little markers for yourself. Okay. In the B section, it goes to the key of D major. All right. So automatically you've already clicked up a mile marker for yourself. It's, it's, you set something up where you can, you know, have a, a visual reference or a mental reference of what's going to happen in the song. So that's really important is just to map out the song, you know, spend a little bit of time uh, just kind of clearing that out because that'll give you a leg up. So make sure you listen to the song, be familiar with it, and then map it out. Hey everybody, just taking a quick break from today's show to talk to you about our e-course, 30 Days to Better Jazz Playing. You know, I get emails almost every day from jazz musicians asking the questions, what do I practice and how do I practice? They know where they want to be in their jazz playing, they know how they want to sound, they're just not exactly sure how to get there. And that's why me and the LGS team have created our new e-course, 30 Days to Better Jazz Playing. 30 Days to Better Jazz Playing is an audio e-course that brings you through 30 days of focused, goal-oriented practicing where you're going to be working on things that will actually improve your jazz playing. 
This course is designed for all instruments and for all skill levels and is really great for anybody looking to practice with purpose and to make real improvement in their jazz playing. If you want to learn more about this e-course, go to learnjazzstandards.com slash 30 days. That's learnjazzstandards.com slash 30 days. I hope to see you in the course. All right, you're still tracking with me. You've fallen along. Okay, good. Let's move on to the next tip. So tip number four is you need to feel the pulse. Tip number four, feel the pulse. And now this gets back to uh, Ted's original question, talking about how do I count over a ballad so I can keep my spot? Well, so counting is a very deliberate act. I actually also got an email last week from someone who was kind of Uh, describing how they have a really hard time as well keeping their spot in a song and keeping time and that's really it's it's, it's a big thing for them they were having a really hard time with it and they discovered that if they were able to tap their feet not only one of their feet but two representing different beats it would really help them keep the time but they were telling me oh but when I stand up you know and I have to stand up to perform a lot you know I can't tap my feet so it really sounded like the the feet tapping thing aka counting was really kind of limiting them. And even if you're just counting mentally, it can be really tough to improvise or to play melodies or do anything rhythmically when you're kind of tied down to thinking one, two, three, four, one, two. You know, if you're thinking that, it can be really debilitating. So we want to graduate from that and we want to get from counting to feeling. But I do understand counting. You know, counting can be important for starting out. But this goes back to, of course, working with the metronome, getting that time, because we need to learn how to feel those beats, not count them. So going back to the exercise that I talked about, where you start by having the metronome on every single beat, and then you go to only two beats per measure, and then you go one beat per measure, and then even as far as one beat every other measure. Now, that's really building up your time, your, your sense of time, and starting to ingrain into you this sense of feeling a pulse. But you know, it goes a little bit further than that too. Uh, it's important to talk about counting in general and, and how how to feel when you're counting on different tempos. For example, fast tempo tunes are all are, are quite often a recipe for the vulnerable to get lost. You know, the time's going by so fast that it can be easy to lag behind, get confused, and then you just lose your spot entirely. So one common mistake when counting fast tempos is you're trying to feel every single quarter note, right? One, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. I mean, that's, a that, again, that, that mental exercise of actually keeping time. How can you even concentrate on everything else? And how can you actually accurately hit all those quarter notes, especially if you're going at a lightning fast tempo? Well, that's really not the way to do it. You want to feel a different pulse. So instead, you'd it would be way better for you just to feel beat one of every single measure. So it's one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, right? I was like whispering those, the, the two, three, four, because those aren't really the ones that you're feeling. And actually, you'll find that it's easier to play fast tempos when you count like that because you make the song feel slower. You know, if you've ever played at a fast tempo, and suddenly the band decides to go into half feel time, it feels way easier if you've ever been in that situation before. But when they speed it back up, you almost feel more frantic again. Well, if you can always make it feel like one, 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 if that's the new pulse you're feeling, it's so much easier. 
And you're a lot less likely to lose your spot in the song because you're slowing everything down. And in general, people don't get lost as easily when they're doing slower tempos. Now, with a ballad, it's okay to count every beat like that. You know, if it's really slow, counting every single beat is okay. You know, the slower the tempo, the more acceptable it is to count every single beat. The faster the tempo, you don't want to count every single beat. You're just going to set yourself up for failure there. So, you want to feel the pulse and that could mean, you know, taking things down a little bit as in counting less beats. And it also means in general, we want to stop counting and just feel. And that goes down to working with a metronome and actually practicing this. Okay. So tip number four was to, uh, feel the pulse. Now our last tip today, tip number five is to just become familiar with jazz harmony. The more familiar you are with jazz harmony, the easier it gets to keep your spot. So if you can recognize certain harmonic movements like two five ones and one six two five ones and uh, going to the relative minor from uh, the major key, if you can recognize this stuff, it gets so much easier to keep your spot. You know, it goes back to mapping out that song. If you can understand, you're looking at it, oh, okay, it goes from the one chord to the four chord, to the three, to the six, to the two, to the five, you can start hearing that in your head. It's going to make it so much easier to keep your spot. Now, in general, to familiarize yourself with jazz harmony, the best thing to do is just to learn more jazz standards. You know, it's okay to be like, well, oh, I keep losing my spot. This one jazz standards. No, I got to I gotta keep working on this and working on this until I move on to the next one. But, you know, at the same time, the more jazz standards you learn, the easier this stuff gets. It's all about time and pressure. And I was telling you before how I used to get lost in jazz standards myself, but I don't really have that problem so much anymore. And that's just because I've learned a lot of jazz standards. I've played a lot of gigs. I've gone to a lot of jam sessions and I've practiced a lot. And I've become familiar with the language to the point where I can kind of just hear where things are going. You know, I don't even really think so much about what chord follows the next chord. I just kind of know what it is. I don't really think that much when I'm playing anymore, unless, of course, it's a brand new song that I don't know very well. All right, now, quick recap of today's episode. Number one is familiarize yourself with the jazz standard you're learning. Number two is map out the song, know what's coming up. Number three is practice keeping your place, work with a metronome, and listen to recordings, and practice away from your instrument. Number four is to feel the pulse, try to graduate from counting to feeling, and be sure to slow down the time if you can. Now, number five was become familiar with jazz harmony and learn more jazz standards. All right, that is all for today's show. I want to thank you so much for listening. Thanks for tuning in. And you can find today's show notes at learnjazzstandards.com forward slash episode 64. Now, would you mind doing a special favor for me? If you enjoyed today's episode, head on over to iTunes and leave us a rating and a review. This show, it's 100% free for you, but a great way to give back would be leave us a rating and review. That helps other people find the show and spread more of the free jazz education love. All right, we're going to be coming out with episode 65 next week. I look forward to seeing you then. Thanks for listening to the LJS Podcast, brought to you by LearnJazzStandards.com. Subscribe to the series on iTunes, and don't forget to join our jazz community at LearnJazzStandards.com forward slash newsletter.
Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. Learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.